Um, the other thing about their relationship as it goes on in the book is he he always articulates this sort of neediness of her, which I which surprised me because he sort of comes across as the artiste, you know, who's so sort of full of himself. But he starts to talk about not just loving her, but he doesn't want her to talk to anybody else. He doesn't want her to be around anybody else. That was sort of an interesting part of their relationship. And yet, you know, as you say before, we've never heard of her. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and he, you know, in real life, he was just as, I think, just as needy and controlling mm. as I make him. There, one of the th- uh, first things that I saw at that exhibit was they had a piece of paper where he had written her name hundreds and hundreds of times on wow. a piece of paper. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, Lee, Lee, Lee. And I thought, that is so weird. You know, mm. this guy is writing her name like he's a schoolboy. Um, and there are letters that he sent to her where he very clearly is like, you know, I know you want, I know you're young and free, but I can't not want to control you, mm. is, you know, is really what he's writing in these letters. And, uh-huh. and uh, so that was, that's actually a piece of my fascination with her, yeah. just this idea of how it would feel to have that type of power over someone as powerful and kind of egotistical as somebody like Man Ray would be. And she both loves and hates that he's controlling in that yeah. way. At various mm-hmm. times in the book, especially at the beginning of the relationship, she feels proud when he acts that way yeah. toward her. And then, of course, later on when she wants more independence, it starts to rub her the wrong way. Uh, part of the personality issue for Lee is that there's this constant tension, it seems to me, between the fact that she actually does want to be physically attractive and desire to be amused to Man Ray. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, she says, no, no, I don't want to be in front of the camera anymore. I want to be behind the camera. I want to be an artist. Mm-hmm. Why did you have that tension with her? Is that just something that in your work you found was a true tension for her? Um, I think it was a true tension, but I but I also think it's, uh, I you know, I just find it totally fascinating because I think it cuts to the heart of what it would be like to be that beautiful, I think, and to know that you can wield your beauty and and get things in return for it. But then this notion of, well, in certain ways, beauty is also a hindrance because at, at some point, you know, you want to be known as an artist, you don't mm-hmm. want to be known as a beautiful artist. Yeah. And so I think for her, it was kind of a, um, a growing awareness of the, the downside of always having beauty as this asset that you've yeah. been that you've known how to use for your whole life. Yeah. You also have Jean Cocteau as a character yeah. that she did film work for him. Yeah. And do you think she sort of, that was her foray into being an artist first before she pursued photography? Did she seem to really love that? Or oh, she just um, did it because they were I think it? she just did it just because she thought it would be fun, honestly. You know, I don't I don't think she was looking to have a career in film in any way, but um, that, that the film that's in the book, The Blood of a Poet, is a mm. real is a real movie that people actually still study in film school and very well-known cocktail film. Uh, But no, I think her dream is really always to be a photographer. Eventually, Lee Miller leaves Man Ray. She goes on to have her own very successful surrealist photography uh, career, and then she becomes a war correspondent for Vogue. So what did you learn about her work at the time? And I found it remarkable that in the 1940s that there were women war correspondents. I did not know that that had happened. Yeah, that she was one of the few. You know, there were there were a couple, um, but it was not common. And it was certainly not common to be a war correspondent for Vogue magazine. I mean, it's yeah. really strange when you think about it. And when you look back at those issues of Vogue, where it is, it's this, uh, it's a beautiful fashion spread. And the, then on the next page, it's 
a photo of an SS guard at a yeah. concentration camp that she took. And it's just so jarring and sort of discordant. Um, but Vogue at the time was really interested in uh, in showing their readers what was actually happening in the world and kind of um, exploring current events. And so Lee Miller was the perfect person uh, to do that because they already had a relationship with her and she wanted to. So mm. um, her, but her, yeah, her war work is incredible. It's really, um, it's very intimate and she tends to shoot scenes really close up and you can kind of feel her emotional connection to the subject that mm. uh, with other correspondents, you, you might not necessarily feel that same connection. Mm. Yeah. You know what it reminded me of? The scene in The Devil Wears Prada where the Stanley Tucci character, who's an editor at Vogue, says to the young woman who's complaining about work, mm-hmm. this magazine has published some of the greatest artists yeah. and creatives of the 20th century. Yeah, and it's and true. And brought really important topics in addition to the yeah. fashion. So it was probably an interesting way for American women to really see those first images oh, of absolutely. concentration camps in an unexpected way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> very about your uh, passages that are set in the 60s, mm-hmm. where she's an older woman and mm-hmm. an editor from Vogue comes to her farmhouse in Europe. Is it was it in the French countryside? Uh, it's actually the south yeah. of England. South of England. Yeah. And it sort of seems as though she's mailing it in. They're, they're a little bit disappointed yeah. with her output. Is that when her career dealing with Vogue petered out? Yeah. So um, after the war, she did. She she moved to England um, to Sussex, and she was still a correspondent for Vogue, but they called her a domestic correspondent. Mm. And she she had actually gone through you know yet another reinvention in her life, which is she went to the Cordon Bleu and became a, a gourmet chef. Uh, so she was sending back articles and photos about cooking uh, to Vogue, and actually you know some of them are quite good, but her heart was not in it, and so she was producing less and less. Mm. And then she. Um, she ended up not working for them anymore and then she gave up photography entirely and she she took all of her photographs and negatives and put them into cardboard boxes and took them up to her attic and then for decades she did not talk about being an artist to the point that like her own son didn't know that she'd ever been a photographer wow yeah. wow. interesting now yeah. she'd be an instagrammer she could do it on her own right <laughs> she very well might <laughs> a lot of selfies yeah. well it's a really fascinating story and you know it reminded me of um We've talked about this project the New York Times is working on where they're going back and writing obituaries that were missed in the 20th century Mm. uh, because something like 83% of them were just of white men. And so they're going back to sort of correct the record. (laughs) And this is a really important figure that I think that you are going to reintroduce to Americans that we should all know about. Yeah. Oh, I hope so. And it's kind of my greatest hope that people will read my book and be interested enough in Lee Miller that they want to go on the internet and look at her work and uh, pick up a biography and learn the real story behind the novel. Well, Whitney really Sherer, author of The Age of Light. You don't need our good luck because it's, it's already <laughs> it's catching like wildfire. Hit. It's a hit. Thank you so much for coming in to talk to us on Studio B's. And it might be a series, if not a oh, movie. Maybe. There's, um, they're, they're trying to see if uh, anybody in Hollywood is interested. And oh, I think they might be. Okay. <laughs> you should us know what happens, yeah. okay? I will, I will. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. This has been a pleasure. 